All right, Daryl. So, you know, we teased a lot of interesting stuff before. You know, the people sticking around now are going to be interested in, in some of the the uh, n- more non-normal. Uh, how I don't know how I say this. The the more extreme elements of this story because they're very interesting. Um, you know, you talked about being 18 inches away from the aliens. Let's let's try to come full circle on this. So we talked about implants. How how did how does this whole other world kind of open up? You know, like it 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 almost here's what's here's what's kind of tricky. I want you to kind of separate fact from fiction for me, if that's even possible. But a lot of this stuff reads almost like a fantasy novel, you know, with seven different races and and you know advanced technology. It reads like a sci-fi novel, um, which I think makes that very difficult for a lot of people to to believe, as intriguing as it is, you know. Um, how how do you kind of separate fact from fiction when you hear about this stuff? Well, for me, it's it's uh, since I was a captive audience, I actually saw it. I mean, it's like someone kicking your door down right now, and they walk in, and and then you say, you tell the police officer, well, he was this, he looked like that, and everything, and the police officer says, I think you were just imagining it. Right, right, okay. And it doesn't make any sense to you. Right, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So, but the bottom line, regardless of the stories, including my own, because I discount my own, because of, of lack of evidence. So I've looked for evidence, and that's why I have the largest collection after 40-some years of doing this. And uh, evidence is, is, is prima facie to me. That's, that's it. Uh, but when you look at, uh, look at some of the uh, satellite and other imagery that I've seen, and it's actually available to you too, uh, if you look at some of the imagery, and for instance, like uh, these uh, the pilots the other day, that they finally released on major TV showed a, an object flying unbelievable speeds. I mean, they had that thing pegged. That was, they were, you should, the conversations of the pilots was most interesting. What in the world is that? Well, it's probably, it's probably an advanced uh, Russian or something. Uh, the only problem with that is this stuff has been seen much older than we've had aircraft. It doesn't make any sense. And so when you see that in that context, you have to realize at some point, if that's the bus, so to speak, who's driving the bus? Somebody's got to be driving these things. These things have been seen back as far as uh, uh, as uh, the Caesars and uh, uh, goodness sakes. Julius? I mean, as far as, far back as um, um, the great conqueror, the Greek conqueror, uh, he actually, there, there were several uh, golden shields came and shot down a wall. He was in the middle of a battle. He couldn't couldn't knock this wall in, get to him. And these, according to the historical reports, these shields shot down this wall, knocked it down, and they, I don't know what that means. I only know that that's a historical uh, part of the record. And you can see this stuff in historical record uh, in different places. Among an American Indian, you can see UFOs actually uh, in, painted on their walls in these pictographs on the wall, and the, this stuff's over a thousand years old. I assure you, the CIA didn't go there and paint that on the wall for them a thousand years ago. Somebody did that. It also shows the alien, whatever they are, these creatures taking their sheep up to the UFO, uh, which is again referred to as in modern day vernacular. Uh, uh, cattle mutilations, as an example. Right. Well, I mean, you know, if you talk to Eric von Daniken and ancient aliens, George Yusukulos, the the whole idea that that we've been visited goes back, you know, 
since the onset of man, as some people would make the, the argument that they genetically spawned us from Neanderthal, you know, there's there's lots of theories that go back that far. Uh, I don't buy into all that, but no, the, the fact is that I'm it, just saying it, it goes back. What matters to me is that there's enough evidence, and Von Anakin and others uh, have been at the forefront of some of that evidence of yeah. his archaeological evidence, and that 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 carries some pretty good weight too, because. Uh, Again, who painted the pictures on the walls, and right. why are they the same thing that's going on today? Right. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying that any of that stuff's true. I'm just saying that this evidence goes back way further than a thousand years. If you start looking at it, either you know the right way, or the skeptic would say, you know, the 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 um, the wishful thinking way. Um, if you really want to believe in this stuff, but you have some cases from the 1800s. I think I heard you say in an interview. Um, which, you know, some of the more modern stuff is a little more interesting to me because that's only 100 years old. Uh, so when people seeing those types of things, you know, even 100 years ago, where, where there was absolutely no way that this stuff was possible, and yet it was still relatively modern times, if that makes sense, um, th- that, to me, almost in- interestingly enough, holds more weight because a lot of the stuff that, you know, some of the early cultures did, a lot of it was symbolic. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you can make the argument it doesn't necessarily mean that there were alien visitors and they were talking about someone from another planet. But when you talk about someone in, in you know, the Wild West, let's say, who sees a spaceship, um, I don't, and I'm not saying that you've said any of this stuff. I'm just saying, for me, if I were to hear a story like that, that almost carries more weight. Does that kind of make sense? Well, uh, a, a good example is uh, I was talking to uh, a cattle mutilations expert and a former cop like myself. His name was Ted Oliphant, and uh, we were discussing this in San Francisco. He asked me a lot of questions about uh, cattle mutilations. I said, well, you're the expert. You don't need to be asking me. And he said, I want to know what you know about cattle mutilations. And I said, but you're the expert. And he, he's, he's a good cop. He's, a, he's really smart. And he pressed me and pressed me until finally I said, I suspect you have at least three different kinds of mutilations. He said, what kind? I said, one of them is they do. He said, who's they? I said, the ones that are making the contact here and so on. The so-called alien. I said, the second group that's uh, involved in the cattle mutilations are us. And he said, who's us? I said, the intelligence community, of course. And he said, who's the third one? I said, these are people, in my opinion, who are just outright evil and they will cut up and mutilate an animal just for the fun of it they're just sick twisted individuals and uh, anyway we talked about that for a while and i said uh, some of the cattle that you that the aliens been involved in in the intelligence community they're pre-marked with the fluorescence like similar to the stuff i told you about with the humans and he said he got real close to me he said who told you that? Where did you find that out? I said, well, I'm an ex-cop. It's not like I'm stupid. I can figure this stuff out. I know how to find evidence. And I said, but that's okay. Our cattle have got marked, uh, pre-marked as well. And he said, are you telling me that your abductees, some of those have been marked with a fluorescence? I said, yes. Is there a specific colorization? I said, yes. He said, do you think it poses a meaning? I said, in our opinion so far, yes, as far as we know. But I said, the point is that there's uh, multiple levels of involvement. And I said, the intelligence, I said, I used to be in the CIA. I said, black budgets are the name of the game. And it, I said, if you, I said, there are levels of Congress that are not even allowed to inquire what those budgets are even about. To me, that's a huge mistake. Uh, anytime you have a, any part of the government that is not answerable to other parts of the government, I, I well, you've got a problem. 
I don't like it. I don't care. And I'm, I'm pro-intelligence and all this sort of thing, but I am not pro uh, giving people carte blanche uh, to do anything they want with any with a $60 billion budget. No, right. I'm not going to do that. It's not going to happen. Well, there should be some oversight, but uh, big time. You know, I agree with that, but I also think that you know, for some of these things, you kind of, if you want to keep it secret and compartmentalized, no matter what it's about, right? If it's about security or if it's about you know intelligence gathering, you do kind of have to limit the amount of people who have access, and and you have to limit the number of cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, right? You have to trust that someone's in charge; they're going to spend the money wisely. Um, and kind of let them work, you know. I think there's something me, to that as well. Let me inform your audience of something they may not know. Some of these meetings are so high that there's a list, and you have to be on it to even be there for any reason. Some of the people show up in those meetings that are not American, not related in the intelligence community in any way, shape, or form, and we don't know who they are, and they're on the list. Hmm. Well, now, when you say we don't know who they are, someone must know who they are. Someone does, but they're not anyone connected to that room or, or giving giving out the data and the information on that level of intelligence. Nobody know, has a clue who those people are, and they're not Amer- They're not American. I'll give you a hint: they're not Americans. Right, but they're but they're humans, is what you're saying. You're not making oh, any code of okay. Absolutely, no. no so very X Filesy, like Smoking but the, Man but kind the, of stuff. But the question is, why is that? Ah. Uh. I mean, it's an interesting question. I mean, that that's, uh, you know, I don't know whether that's true or not. Um, if that is true, that's fascinating. I, I think that that's very intriguing, you know. Well, like I said, you haven't been in the intelligence business, and I have. That's true. I haven't been. I'm, I'm barely I'm barely intelligent, much less being in the intelligence business. Uh, but it's just, that's, you know, I mean, it, it is very X-Filesy, but, it, you know, it, that, that kind of appeals to the conspiratorial nature in me, is I think human beings, you know, and this has nothing to do with, like, I love conspiracy theories, but I think that when you have groups of people, right, like, if you look throughout history, um, the co- common people tend to make really terrible decisions, and the people in power believe that they make the better decisions. And so if you have power, money, influence, of course, you're going to try to have that as much as possible. So if you... If you're one of the few who is who has intelligence and information that other people don't have, whether it's about contact, you know, with another alien race, which would be that's huge information. Um, you want to make sure you know what's being said, no matter what country you are in. Um, you want to make sure you understand what's being said. Uh, th- that doesn't seem that far fetched to me. I, I would if you if, if I found out tomorrow with with undeniable fact that there are five people in the world who know everything and run everything. That wouldn't really surprise me. I think that that's human nature. I just think we like to think, especially in America, that we can elect people and it's democratic and blah, blah, blah. But that's not – I don't think that's how human beings are naturally, you know? No, I'm not I'm not a conspiracist. I just don't need that sort of thing. Uh, you, you'll never it, – it never ends. There's no end to that story. Yeah. But what I'm saying is when you go to a meeting and people you've never seen before ever – and you're at the highest level of some particular subject, whatever. Yeah. Let's say, let's say nuclear weapons, uh, a, a certain kind of uh, a certain kind of rare weapon, as an example. And all of a sudden, several people show up in the room. You have no clue who they are, and they're on the list, and you're not allowed to question them in any way, shape, or form. Right. That would trouble me a lot. I agree. I mean, I think it speaks to what I said. I think that there are probably people in the world who are just supposed to have every in- piece of information. They just have the power and influence. doesn't surprise me, you know. Well, the problem in one of these cases, they uh, the man that 
the intelligence individual that was giving the presentation was on human implants. And you know what, the, the, the two guys that were there that no one knew who they were, they only asked a couple of questions. How effective are these? At, and they, they li listed their question and they gave their answer and he said, how many could you make in a year's time? Hmm. He said, what do you mean? He said, could you make a billion of these in a year's time? And of course, you're not allowed to ask why. What? Who? Who out there that's non-American needs a billion uh, RFID-type implants to put inside people? Now, you, now that bothers me a lot more than the alien stuff. It right. really does. Well, I mean, could you make kind of a leap there? Because now you're saying that the implants are RFID, which would be no, that's I'm a significant. That I'm, when I spoke to the medical community in 1994. Uh -huh. And I have a video of that presentation. I said there are two, two things we're, I think we're going to find. One, the alien material is going to be, it's going to be distinctly different from anything that would be corporate or would be human-made. The human-made will have human technology, and I showed them technology and what it lo would look like. I said, the alien stuff you're looking at here on these x-rays, in my opinion, will have these four things that will happen biologically and so on, but you will not find any discernible technology in them, yet you will find the control it, uh, on the abductee will be, uh, will be told by the abductee that I felt like I was under some kind of control in some way or another, that my neurotransmitters were affected, blah, 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 and so on. That at least the complaint will be there. Uh, so the human technology I haven't found yet. I have a couple of cases that might indicate it, but I haven't found it yet. But if I, I certainly found an RFID type chip inside somebody and they didn't know it was supposed to be there, I'll be screaming bloody murder and I, I'll be in front of Congress explaining that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think there's a strong argument that you could say, you know, and I, I don't know, again, I don't know if it's true or not, that, that you know, I just, for, for actually for what I'm doing contact in the desert, I, I do a bunch of stuff on memory and just how how plastic and malleable our memory is, right? So that you can, you know, implanting memories and, and thoughts is actually not that difficult w without it's, any technological advancement. Yeah, it's... So, so, so you could, you know, it could very easily be that none of these implants are alien in nature at all. They could all be human beings. I'm not saying necessarily our government is the people who are doing this thing against, you know, whatever. I don't know who is, but a lot of the technology doesn't seem to me, this is what I said, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this. It doesn't seem all that far advanced, right? Like we have access to meteorites or we can make it in a lab. So a lot of the chemicals don't mean a lot. We're able to do a lot with stem cells to, to you know, suppress an inflammatory response. That doesn't seem that far-fetched to me. Um, you know, it could easily be that these things are human and, and that this whole alien abduction phenomenon is actually in memories to think that, you know, whatever it is, all the things well, that piece together. It's, it's a good uh, summarization from your point of view. The yeah. science does back you up. I will, I will give you this, that uh, implantation of memory, uh, even from animal to animal and this sort of thing, it's been done before. I, I'm very familiar with this. And uh, one time CNN came to my home for three days. They said, we're going to tell the truth, whatever we find here. And they said, we want to see you work with an abductee. And, and they said, well, you could have been leading them. You could have been this. I said, I'm a master hypnotherapist. Do you have any clue what that means? No. I said, if you, if you were a hypnotist, I'm the kind of guy that certifies you. 
That's, that's number one. Number two, I'm a hypnotic anesthesia therapist. You know what that means? No. If you go to surgery, I'm the guy that's going to do that for you so that you don't have to sign a piece of paper that says you could die from the anesthesia. You're going to heal up three to five times faster. That's going to be kind of neat. I'm a medical hypnotherapist on top of all that. And besides all of that, do you have any special medical training whatsoever to make a statement that uh, you know this, these people are? I said, I brought medical records for them and psychological records showing that they are completely 100% fine. Did you bring one for yourself? No, I didn't. I said, so we don't know whether you're nuts or not. Right. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Right. I said, so I brought their records. And I said, now, when this young man, whenever he was a child, there are, uh, he claimed that uh, he and another little boy were taken by these little bald-headed, big, black-eyed type guys 20-some uh, years ago. He said, he said, yes. And I said, okay. Did you think I wouldn't check to see if there were police reports? These two little children, little boys, ended up in different parts of Houston. Now, a bad man could have picked them up and taken them somewhere, but they kind of would have remembered that. They didn't remember that at all. They remembered something quite alien in this case. I said, this man to this day still wakes up screaming from time to time as somebody putting a, a, a medical-like device down his throat. And uh, a horrific uh, imagery. I said, and when I did all the work with him, and all he gave, he gave time, dates, places. He described. Notice I asked him to describe the what it was raining this day or whatever. Did you think I wouldn't go back and check the meteorological records? I said, let me ask you a question. I said, what happened? What was day? What was the was the what was happening on the day of of uh, 1984 on uh, on the uh, September the 3rd, was it raining, flooding, was it sunshine? What was it? What is happening exactly where you were at? They answered those questions flawlessly. That's called memory, not recall. Recall could be anything, anything, confabulation of anything or in, any injection of that. I said, this is actual memory. We, I said, it's interesting to me that I can work with a person like that, produce a case like in kidnapping or murder, and that case can go to court and the person can be convicted and sent to the gas chamber, so to speak, or electric chair, uh, death house, so to speak, all on that testimony. Yet you can magically say, I don't believe that. And uh, that's just as good as the case I'm going to build over here against a person for murder. Right. You're not making any sense. <laughs> right. I, I, hope, hope, I hope you're not the guy that goes against me in court because <laughs> They might put me in the death chamber or say I was completely insane simply because you didn't like my memory. Yeah, they, they might put you in. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a fascinating topic. I mean, the, the whole idea of memory just, you know, I don't think, I, I didn't realize like how, how, it's how easy it is to manipulate the human mind. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's really just, it's just an electromagnetic chemical based organ right i mean it's it's just it's chemicals and electricity in a jelly form you know i mean it's the, the problem with this i i talked i've debated the the concept of dr susan clancy at harvard and she says well this is this is sleep paralysis all this is i said i win 65 percent of the argument before we ever start just how do you do that i said it's real simple uh, I, and I told CNN this, I said, I win 65% of the argument simply because 65% of the people are wide awake when their events happen. So it isn't sleep paralysis. 
Now, you want to argue the other 35, 40%, we can do that. Dr. Susan Blackmore in England says, oh, we have developed a device we can put on someone's head and make them think they've had alien uh, contact. I said, that's wonderful. You know, I've, I've tried to figure out how in the world a little boy in 1952 snuck into your office in the future, time travel, went into the future into your office in England, put that on his head, had an alien abduction event, came time traveled all the way back, got in his bed and uh, ended up with uh, uh, marks on him and different things like that. Uh, how does that happen? I said, what it tells me is the complexity by which some of these people may be involved in their events, that some of the tech that may be involved is what it tells me. Yeah, I mean, the sleep paralysis is a very interesting argument because, you know, it, it, it people are asleep, but they believe it to be real. You know, I mean, you know, it's a little different than lucid dreaming where, like, you know you're in a dream, you've taken control. Sure. But sleep paralysis, I mean, that's I, I saw this documentary called The Nightmare. It's a terrifying documentary. It actually kept me awake. It was the, most, it was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life, honestly. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not – there's very few things that I'm terrified of, and I, I was – this kept me awake. But that's what makes those stories so terrifying is that people believe – that for, for no, for those who don't understand, sleep paralysis is this idea that um, that it, it's it goes way back. It's actually where the word nightmare comes from. But this idea that you have such vivid dreams, uh, and usually one of two things: either something's on your chest, a demon of some kind, or you're being visited by groups of people, um, and they're it's very lifelike and very realistic. And so the the, the distinction, and why I'm saying this is that this, the distinction in the human mind between I was awake and I was sleeping, because that's kind of the argument you're making. I think. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a sleep hypnotherapist. I'm, you know, I'm not any of that. But but just my logical mind would say, if you're talking to someone and they don't know whether they're asleep or awake, and when you're in sleep paralysis, you're technically asleep. But if you believe that event to be real and that you're awake, it you can then regurgitate that as um, an abduction experience, whether or not I, it actually was. Right? I don't. I don't disagree with that. But the fact is uh, that my senior investigator is a good example. How I met him, he came to me and said, I've had this strange experience. And I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what to do. And I said, fire away. He said, uh, a friend of mine and I are coming back from a gold hunting trip. We're from Nevada. We're coming back, and uh, we're in Fort Collins. And it looks like we're some, it's in a lonely road late at night. We're coming back to Houston. And... Uh, I'm driving and there's some red lights and green lights and blue lights and we think, well, there's been an accident in the middle of the highway. We get down there and we pull to a stop and he said, oh my God. He said, there are these little creatures, the large black eyes and the craft and all that. And I said, okay, that's an interesting story. Any evidence? He said, this is the part that bothers me. He said, the next thing we know, it's about three hours later and the wrong guy's driving the truck and we're in Dalhart, Texas. So how do you have sleep paralysis and drive? And, and anyway, the, the, my point is they're not the only people that have had these so-called incredible events. Well, anyway, he did have evidence. He had a hematoma in his eye where the alien supposedly stuck a needle in his eye. And the, the, the doctor who's a specialist in Houston, in, uh, in, in, an eye doctor, he's in the who's who in Houston, he says, Where'd you get the hematoma in your eye, Dale? And he said, uh, uh, I don't know. He said, yes, you do. You can't have a hematoma without knowing about it. That hurt. And he said, uh, I want to invoke my doctor client privilege. He said, fine. What happened? You got a splinter in your eye? What? He said, he described the alien sticking large needle in his eye. 
And a doctor looked at him and said, don't you move. And he said, I just sat there and like, okay, like what? He said, he picks up the phone. He said, Daryl, hand of God, I swear to it. He said, he said, Dr. So-and-so, who's a gastroenterologist in Houston, he said, I've got another one. <laughs> he said, then I met the gastroenterologist. I said, what does gastroenterology have to do with a hematoma in your eye and an alien abduction? Yeah. He said, that's exactly. Later, they, the gastroenterologist called me. He works at a major hospital here, a big one here in Houston, and asked me if I could find out more evidence about a body that had come in that had an, an alleged alien implant in it. He said, you've got good connections to some of these hospitals with nurses and others because you helped me run that down. Now, what is a gastroenterologist who doesn't know anything about aliens, so to speak, but he wants to know about an alien implant in a cadaver? I don't know. That's a very weird story, Daryl. The the, my whole point is that I could tell you story after story in hospitals, verifiable stories from L.A., one of the best stories we have is out in L.A. all the way to here. And it doesn't make any difference whether people buy into it. All that matters to me is the, the medical evidence. Yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely bananas. I mean, it, this, you know, um, just the, all this stuff is just really intriguing to me. Um, you know, uh, I don't know that we're any closer to the truth, but I think it's it's a fascinating thing to talk about. And I think you're the guy you know, who's got, you're, you're as good as any, I imagine that is not, you know, that isn't under some top secret privilege or working for either the aliens or the government. You're probably the only person in the private sector who has the largest collection and is probably doing the, the best work. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's just fascinating stuff, you know. Like I said, it's a philanthropic effort. Uh, yeah. with not a money-making deal. Yeah. I spent $5,000 my own money to go to, all the way to India to do an implant surgery there. The surgeon who knew absolutely nothing about what we were doing uh, looked at her other x-rays and said, oh my God. He said, if you ever come back to India and do these surgeries again, he said, would you please contact me? He said, the other two things inside this woman's body don't make any sense whatsoever. And I just laughed and I said, I will make sure that you're the surgeon of choice. Wow. Um... I mean that's that's incredible. I mean it's 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 a worldwide phenomenon. Um, there's there's a lot to the story. Is basically is. What, I'm, more than, what I'm saying. A lot more than we can even begin to cover here. And if people are interested, that's fine. If they're not, it doesn't matter to me. I have <laughs> no interest. I don't want any disciples. Yeah. I don't want you to write me and say me too. I believe you. Yeah. I don't care. Right. It doesn't matter. It, what are you <laughs> going to do if you do buy into it? Right. Nothing. Yeah. There's not a, much you're going to do about it. Right. So it, it's not it's not a belief thing. I don't care. It doesn't yeah. matter. No, it's incredible stuff. I mean, Daryl, thank you so much for this, man. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you. All right, man. We'll talk soon.